We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here with Jason Pat. We're continuing our series this week of episodes dedicated to the Bulls, four core players. Last week, we looked at Lowry Markman. This week, in the Otto Porter Jr. But before we get there, Jason, there's kind of a sneaky amount of stuff going on in the Bulls world this past week. Yeah, so uh, Tomas Sedaransky in the Czech Republic advancing to the quarterfinals of the FIBA World Cup. They were not expected to do that. Uh, they got blown out by the Team USA in the first game. Then they won the next couple games, uh, and then they upset. I can't remember who exactly they upset. They went into a game with against Giannis in Greece. They basically had to hold to not lose by, I think, 12 or, or like under 12 points. They only lost by seven, and because of all the weird FIBA tiebreakers, they advanced instead of Greece. So Giannis and Greece out. They were one of the top uh, challengers, or if you looked at the odds before the tournament, a lot of people were expecting big things from Greece because of Giannis's presence, and they kind of struggled a bit. And instead, we're getting Tomas Sadoransky in the Czech Republic going through. Um, they'll be playing, I believe, is Australia, um, and they—I mean, they're obviously going to be a big underdog there because Australia has been killing it. Uh, so far in this tournament, Australia's undefeated. They got, like, Patty Mills has been just going going apeshit. Joe Ingles, Andrew Bogut, Delhi. Uh, they had a really they have a really fun team. Uh, but the Czech Republic, they've just been kind of kind of a Cinderella story, if you wanna if you wanna call them that. So a lot of fun. And Sadoransky's been terrific. We kind of talked about this on the last pod, but he's averaging right now 15 points, uh, seven assists, six rebounds on 45, 43, 91 slash line. He's been terrific, a lot of fun. It's really just good to see. He's been getting a little hype. I've seen on Twitter from some some national guys. Uh, and he also got a – actually, before I move on to this, Cristiano Felicio, by the way, awful. He, uh, the Czech Republic beat Brazil recently, in, uh, or they did beat Brazil. And then in a recent game, uh, uh, Felicio, his last couple games, just just awful. So we're going we're gonna to move past Cristiano Felicio, continue with Tomas Sidoransky. Uh Joe Cowley, the Chicago Sun-Times, uh, did an article about Tomas Aransi and got some got some Jim Boylan quotes. You know, we, we've missed the Jim Boylan quotes. He's, he's had a couple through this summer, uh, but he was back, uh, good old Jimbo, with some with just some uh, some uh, classic Boylan gems. Ricky, please go through and read. Some, I guess I mean some of the article was basically about how Sadransky was a great pickup, how he's been great in this World Cup. 
what what was some of the stuff that stood out to you from this article? And like I said, read some of the boiling gems from this thing. Yeah, well, really, it was just the quote about Jabari Parker when Boylan talked about how the team really took off last year when they added Otto, and then he sneaks in that uh, that little line about the fact that they were able to get Jabari Parker out of there. I don't have the exact quote in front of me right now, but uh, it was really surprising to see Boylan sort of throw Jabari under the bus. Do you have it pulled up? I do. I do have the article pulled up. Um... Uh, he's okay, There's a bunch of other stuff here, and I'll bring up for you these other, these other quotes as well. Okay, here it is. This is the one specifically where he gets in a little dig at Jabari. Uh, it says, Otto loved him, and Sato loved Otto, Boylan said. Otto is a big part of this team. His trade is not talked about enough. We were 7-5 and five in February because, first of all, we got rid of Parker, and then we added a guy who brings synergy and chemistry. Otto has that synergy and that chem- chemistry with, with Sato. So, I mean, there you go. It's like, first of all, we got rid of Jabari, so that was great. Uh, and then and then they brought in Otto. So yeah, Jim Boylan. I don't. I feel like that call, that comment caused a bit of a little stir, some criticism on Bulls Twitter. I, I saw the last couple of days just because like, why are you bothering to take a shot at Jabari Parker? He's in the past. He was garbage with the Bulls. Why bother throwing that out there? I, I guess I really just don't care. Like sure, he probably maybe he shouldn't have said it, but like whatever, man. Yeah, <laughs> Boylan's exactly right that that was an impactful move for the Bulls, switching out someone like Jabari, who we said so many times, puts up empty calorie stats, someone who needed the ball and needed to be scoring to make an impact, whereas Otto Porter, and we'll talk about him more as we delve uh, fully into him this episode, he just lifted the level of everyone on both ends of the court just by being on the the floor. His spot-up shooting was so dangerous, shot nearly 50% uh, from three-point range during his 15 games with the Bulls. Defensively, he didn't look as great as he typically does, Porter, but obviously a huge upgrade from Parker and just being able to be a smart player with his length, uh, even if he wasn't moving as well as he has sometimes in the past. uh, I think that, you know, there's no doubt that Boylan was on the money about that assessment, but here's the thing, Boylan, not only was he throwing Jabari under the bus, he was throwing his bosses under the bus (laughs) and John Paxson and Gar Foreman because... Those were the geniuses that thought it was a bright idea to sign Jabari Parker to a $20 million contract when no one else was bidding for him. With that contract came a certain amount of responsibility for Jabari. He expected to be a starter. He expected to be one of the team's leading scorers. They signed him to play small forward, Jason, and I feel like that almost doesn't get talked about enough. Forget the Porter move. We know the Porter move was great, but they signed Jabari to be a small forward. Fred Hoiberg realized in the fourth game of the preseason that that wasn't going to work. Uh, and we hope now, you know, ever since the Porter trade, the Bulls have been on a streak of making some smart decisions in the front office. Let's just hope that continues because, you know, doing the Porter trade, signing guys like Sadoransky and Thaddeus Young, that is such a huge departure from how the front office typically acted, both in the trade market where they didn't do shit and uh, in free agency. I'm hoping that it's a new look Bulls front office because, the Parker signing was right in line with all the garbage the Bulls have given us over the past decade. We weren't second-guessing the Jabari signing. We were first-guessing it. I was on uh, Dave Kaplan's show on, MS- on NBC Sports Chicago uh, the day it went down, and I said, even without seeing the terms of the deal, this is a bad signing. Jabari Parker is not going to help him win more of the same garbage from the Bulls. Uh, the, the move for Porter has signaled a departure from that line of thinking, I'm hoping. Speaking of NBC Sports Chicago, quick aside, congratulations to Casey Johnson going from the Tribune to NBC Sports Chicago to be their new Bulls guy. Pretty big news there in terms of Bulls media, so congrats to Casey. little golf clap here for him. 
Casey's uh, the man. He like is the Bulls beat at this point, right? Yeah. Like it, he has institutional knowledge of the franchise. You can nitpick with, you know, his lack of criticism maybe a little bit over the years, but he's totally a professional. Uh huge, huge sports media news in Chicago with him going to NBC. For sure. Congrats uh, to Casey. And, yep. And when you talk about just kind of the Bulls and these new moves, and Sadaransky is definitely one of those, just going back real quick before we move on to all things Otto Porter Jr., uh, in this Collie article, former league, league executive quote here says, says, damn, the Bulls pulled a fast one with this. Uh, it was a sneaky move. Uh, so I feel like that the Sadaransky move has been just kind of in general, it's been really applauded as well as the Thad Young move. Uh, and one more boiling gem here from uh, on Sadaransky is from, the, from this article. Here's what I love about Sato. He knows he's going to play because he doesn't have any fear. See, we have guys in this league who are scared. Scared of competition. Scared of competing. Scared of, am I going to play? Sato has no fear he's going to play. He doesn't worry about that. Because when he plays, he's going to play his balls off. And there's beauty in that. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's like, that, that, that is classic Jim Boylan right there. Set, get ready, folks. Tomas Sadoransky will be playing his balls off for the Bulls this year. So that sounds, sounds great to me. Uh, there's a, please do go check out that article. There are a ton, ton of other stuff from Boylan in there about what he plans to do with Sadoransky, how he can play the one, the two, or the three, and all this other stuff to some talk of his FIBA World Cup play. But this podcast, we want to focus on Otto Porter Jr., who the Bulls got in that trade last season, Jabari Parker, as you mentioned, and Bobby Portis. I mean, right now, Otto Porter Jr. is probably the best player on the Bulls. Sports Illustrated just did uh, – released the, the first half of their top top 100 players for next season. So basically they're pr- trying to predict who are going to be the top 100 players in the NBA in the 2019-2020 season. Otto Porter Jr. is the best player on the Bulls, which I, if, you, if you look at some of the other guys, I do take some issue with this. Like Lowry's at only 75, Zach's at 90. Like I feel like if that happens and the, those guys stay at that level, like that's probably pretty bad. Like if Zach's the 90th best player in the NBA – if Lowry's only 75th, like, a, like it's pretty bad for the Bulls. It's like Jason Tatum was at like 35 or 38 or something. I feel like that might be a bit higher for him. But if anything, I think the other Bulls should be higher. But I think Otto, top 60, top 50-ish NBA player, best player on this roster as of right now, I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, and we saw it when he came over. I mean, we talked about how great this trade was. Uh, and the Bulls, they did kind of get lucky making that trade. Because if we remember, there was a report out there saying that the Bulls had supposedly had a deal in place with Jabari for, I believe it was Cantavius Caldwell-Pope and Michael Beasley with the Lakers. And then I think KCP kind of just, uh, because he had like veto rights on the trade, uh, he said no. And then the Bulls took the business to the Wizards and ended up getting Otto Porter out of it because they wanted to clear some some salary. Uh, and Otto Porter is a really, really damn solid player. Just kind of basically the epitome of a 3 and D guy. You mentioned the defense could have been better. I feel like he's been dealing with that hip thing recently. But if you look at the last couple of years, not, not including last year, but before that and when he was with the Wizards, and if you look at some of the advanced stats with, in terms of like RPM, he was the number four small forward in 2016-17, number two small forward in 2017-2018. This is a really solid player. And again, we saw that after the trade. He averaged 17.5 points, 5.5 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 48-49-91 shooting splits. We saw him do some extra playmaking. I looked at some uh, uh, some pick and roll stats from from NBA, NBA.com at Synergy. He did basically like almost three times as many pick and roll possessions with the Bulls as he did with the Wizards. It was obviously the, with the Wizards. They had John Wall before he got hurt. 
They had Bradley Beal being the main initiator, and Boylan kind of let Otto Porter run roam free with those pick and rolls of it, and he did pretty well with them. He wasn't great, but his uh, like points per possessions was pretty solid. It was in the top half percentile of the league, and then we just kind of saw the Bulls' offense go wild as well. Um, his on-court net, net rating in the or offensive rating in the 15 games was 113 when he in his 325 minutes with Lowry and Zach. On his on his side, their O rating was almost 115. So this is like elite offensive stuff we saw from the Bulls. I don't know how if that's really sustainable or a full season. Like I'll have to see it to believe it for the Bulls to have an actual elite offense or at least have an elite starting unit next year. But we just saw. I feel like he's. We really shouldn't expect him to be like a star at this point. But just he's the kind of guy that just brings this whole thing together. Yeah, I agree with the assessment that Otto Porter is the best player on the Bulls heading into this season. Now, if he's still the best player on the Bulls at the end of the season, perhaps that's an issue because I think that Zach really is primed for a big jump. There was an article on The Ringer this week asking if Zach Levine can lead the NBA (laughs) in scoring. Well, you know, as ridiculous as that sounds, we also would have thought that it would be crazy for him to average, you know, 24 points per game on above average shooting efficiency last year. Zach definitely took a big step up last season. I think he's due for another step up. I keep saying that Lowry Markkinen's got more pressure on him than any player on the team heading into his third season this year. Uh, you know, the hope is that he can really become the franchise's go-to offensive option. But at the onset of the year, I think there's no doubt that Otto Porter is the most in- impactful player on the team. Now, impactful is a term that I think really gets, like, chopped and skewed in a lot of ways uh, in today's NBA discourse. Yeah. No, he's not going to be a guy who's, you know, running your isolations. He's not someone who's going to cross a guy up and hit him with a pull-up jumper. He's not someone who's going to dust you off the dribble, finish at the rim over length. But what he does is just play his role about as well as anyone has ever played that role. You look at the pure 3 and D guys uh, from this generation of players. We're talking about Chris Middleton, even though he, he stretched himself a bit as an offensive player. You're looking at someone like Robert Covington. Otto's as good as any of them in terms of being a 3 and D wing. And all the wings in the league that are, like, definitely better than Otto, all those guys are basically stars. You're looking at, you know, the cut of players that is the LeBrons, Durants, well, obviously Porter. Uh, He's not used like that. He'll never be used like that. That's not why he's effective. Why he's effective is because he's a tremendous defensive player. He's a knockdown shooter. You look at his shooting numbers with the Bulls last year, he hit, like, 50% of his threes. He was also... Uh, a pretty efficient score inside of the arc. It's kind of shocking to me that he only played 15 games, looking at the stats now with the Bulls, because uh, it felt like the Bulls were must-see TV for that entire stretch. I remember the first game he played in Brooklyn. He went ham immediately. I think he scored close to 30 points. Zach was going crazy, too. Uh, And you could just tell that, like, in basketball, one guy can really change the composition of the team. We think of that mostly with superstars, you know, when you add someone like LeBron or Durant, obviously yeah. the team's going to get way better. But, hell, the Bulls added Otto Porter, and they got way better. Now, I actually forgot the thing about KCP, and that is just more evidence that pretty much every time the Bulls succeed, they fall into it ass backwards. <laughs> you can tie it into their free agent period this year, too, with the reports that they wanted to sign Darren Collison. Sadoransky was a much better signing than Collison. So, uh You know, the Bulls have made a string of good decision-making here. I think Porter is their best player going into the year. That doesn't mean that, like, he's going to – he would even be capable of scoring as much as Zach. But what he does is make Zach's life easier on offense. He makes Zach's life easier on defense. And he does that for the entire team just by being such a sound, smart, competent two-way player. 
tremendous deal for the Bulls. And Jason, I can't wait to see Otto Porter Jr. with a full year uh, with Zach, with Lowry, with the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, just like talk about just like bringing that being that glue and just like making everyone better. Just like when you look at who they were throwing out there at small forward before that, and it was Chandler Hudson, and it was Jabari. When, when I mean, Jabari didn't really play small forward. They realized that that was gonna be a mess to start the season. But Chandler Hudson, I think Wayne Selden was starting games. Uh, but so then you actually put just a real life, actual three and D small forward in there who can shoot shoot it lights out from three, can be a complimentary ball handler if needed. And you just see just just the, how he raised the level of everybody else around him. How everyone he was good. They were they were all much better. The defense was still a huge clusterfuck <laughs> uh, during the during those time during the even in February when they were good. I think their D rating during that month was still like 112, 113. So that was still a struggle. Hopefully we'll see some improvement there with him. Hopefully being healthy after a full off season. Uh, hopefully with just general improvement from the team, maybe buying in a boiling system. Hopefully Wendell Carter comes back healthy and can help defensively. But yeah, just in general, I think it'll be really interesting to see how Otto Porter does with this core, with an offseason, with the training camp, and as they really buy into boiling system like that. Before we, we go into talk more Otto Porter Jr., let's take a quick word from our sponsors. Every guy looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. There's only one problem. Guys keep buying generic off-the-rack suits. That's why Blue Wire is pumped to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Looking to get married? I'm already married, but if you're looking to get married, they have tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. It's so easy to get started. Visit Salas at one of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. This week, Cash Considerations listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, the shipping is free, which is always fantastic. So it's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for any premium suit for just $369 and free shipping. This is an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back. Jason, I have a question for you. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? Jason, stop lying. Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I put in my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, they pay you when you win, and let's face it, where your betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet on football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet the NFL season is truly the best time of the year for gambling. Join now at MyBookie, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to activate that offer. That promo code, once again, is BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Gotta love that, Jason. Got, gotta love it. Um, all right, so... One of the big things we when we talk about Otto Porter Jr. and there were some several we're gonna take some fan questions just like we did um, last week with Lowry. It was one of the big things is his contract. 
when he got it, he signed a big like four year hundred like five hundred six million dollar contract with uh, a couple years ago that the deal he had with the Wizards. One of the reasons why they got rid of him because they were in kind of cap hell and they wanted to clear some cap. He is going to make something like twenty seven or like, I think it's something like fifty five million over the next couple years. He does have a player option uh, for that final year of that deal in a couple years, which is that that was one of the one of the more popular questions we got. So let's go into some of these fan questions uh, that we picked up here. Basically, let me, let me pull it up right now. So I guess, yeah, one of these was from Winky Christ, who I know I'm pretty sure is a bloggable, bloggable avid reader. He just says, what are the odds that Otto chooses to decline his player options for next year since the free agent class is weaker? And then on a, in a similar vein, um, where is it? L- Lowry Markinen's burner. He's always he's asking always asking us a ton of questions. He's always getting in good conversation. He says, "To what extent does any optimism you may have for the Bulls' future wane if Otto declines his player option, finds a new home?" So basically, just like, do we think Otto will opt into that contract? Do you think he'll opt out and then opt for a new long-term deal with deal with the Bulls? Would the Bulls commit to that kind of a long-term contract? Uh, if kind of like we saw that with like Harrison Barnes this summer. Uh, it was like, why would he? Why would Harrison Barnes opt out of like 25, whatever million per year, and then he ended up getting like four for like 70 or 80 or something like that? Do we think Otto's going to do something like that, or do you think he'll opt in and then try to hit free agency in 2021 when the class is going to be huge? I'm going to say that it mostly depends on his scoring numbers because even still in today's NBA, points per game is often what gets you paid. Jabari said yeah. players don't get paid for defense and. I mean, he he proved that to be correct more than anyone. You look at Otto's career scoring numbers in Washington, 11 points, 13 points, 14 points, 13 points, 12 points. Well, on the Bulls last year, in those 15 games, he was averaging 17 and a half. So I think if he's putting up 18, 19 points a game this year, uh, he's likely going to opt out because then his scoring will be more valued. And I think, you know, in a class where if I don't know, like what, the salary cap outlook looks like for most of the teams in the league next offseason. Obviously there's not going to be many top level free agents. So, you know, if there's a team that has a bunch of money that wants to throw it at someone, I think that there is a good chance Otto opts out. Obviously that would be a disaster for the Bulls. The Bulls ideal plan is to have Otto have a great year, have him take the money and then, you know, opt into the contract on the one year deal. And then, you know, you head into the off season summer two years from now with your sights set on hopefully retaining him and also adding a star-level player. Uh, to me, it's a total total coin flip right now. Like, yes, it's nice to have that huge annual salary, which I believe is $27 million, but also the dude's 26 years old, so next year he'll be 27. You get bigger free agent contracts the younger you are. Every year counts. So I really don't know, Jason. I tend to think that with a good year and if he stays healthy, that's the other huge swing factor, yep. that he'll likely opt out. I don't know if the Bulls would re-sign him. I think that all of that discussion is a little bit too premature, but it is arguably the biggest question hanging over the future of the franchise, at least with the current players uh, under contract on the roster right now. Yeah, and you mentioned just like the next next summer, this like this free agency was crazy. 2021 projects to be crazy. The 2020 free agent class is horrible. I'd have to look it up again, but I know some guys have signed new deals now. Like, I think it's like Kyle Lowry and... Like, I mean, I'm assuming Anthony Davis is going to stay with the Lakers. So you look at it, it's awful. I mean, and I don't think there's that much money out there either. So, like, I don't know what the market for an auto porter would be like if he opts out. But I guess if if there's, like, nobody really that good and nobody really big changing teams, like, 
Maybe he would opt if he has a great season. Maybe he would opt out and get a great deal next year. That will definitely be something to keep an eye on. Um, here's another one. This was the first question we got right away. This is from Eddie. We took a question from him last week as well. Angry at Angry Black Bye Guy. He says, will Otto be a bull after the trade deadline? He says, yes, I'm serious. I'll, I'll answer it real quick first. I would assume I would assume yes. I guess it could depend on if, if this season goes belly up and they're just awful again. I could see them possibly moving him and just – just basically kind of maybe a little a mini little reset if they're just terrible again. And I feel like if they're terrible again, we're looking at other trades as well of possibly core players. I would guess it's like 95% yes, but what do you think? Yeah, I think he'll definitely be on the team through the trade deadline. I do think it's a big question of whether or not he'll be on the team a year from now. Uh, but in terms of the trade deadline, like here's the thing about the Bulls. When push comes to shove, they always prefer inaction over action. So they'd rather do nothing, hold on to it, Hope everything, you know, works out well in the second half. How much do you want to bet when we get into February this year? They're going to be touting their February record last year when, you know, the rest of the league was either resting their stars or kind of mailing it in in the middle of the season. So uh, Otto's future on the team, I do think, is uncertain at this point, but I don't expect them to trade him by the trade deadline, no. I mean, ideally, I guess, uh, we're doing this – as a, a core four pod, like ideally if the Bulls like take the steps that we want them to take, he is actually a part of their core and will be here through his prime as long as they could probably add like another star somewhere. But like, I mean, he's a really, a really good player. And like, it'd be nice to have him around for, for the next few years. And as this rebuild moves forward, so th- that will be just really interesting to see. And that, and kind of playing into this, into that kind of thought, this is from Wesley at W R I Z A L Wesley Rizal Rizal, something like that. Easy to forget. Otto Porter is basically in his mid-20s. On a future Bulls team that's fighting for, say, playoff home court, what do you think is Otto's ceiling as far as far as his role? Is it a borderline all-star, just a key starter, or just a rotation player, six-man type, or a trade ass, trade asset? What do you, I'm thinking probably just key starter. Like I said, I've called him a glue guy. I would be surprised if he's ever putting up all-star caliber numbers. I just think he's just a really good, a damn good player who kind of holds together while there are hopefully other stars around him that are, is the, is, that really lifts the team to the next level. Yeah, here's the thing. Otto's already so good at his role. He's defined the role of the 3 and D NBA guy as much as like any other player from this generation. So I think, you know, there's always the tendency to see how much more he can extend himself because he is so good in sort of a narrow role. I think we saw that a little bit on the Bulls last year. Like I said, 17 points per game. 17 and a half points per game, over 15 contests with the Bulls last year. That was the most he's ever scored the ball. Uh, his playmaking, he had half his assists on the year in 15 games with the Bulls. Yeah. He played, I think, 55 games on the season. Uh, so he had eight assists in one game last year. He was actually, like, uh, you know, conduct- conducting the offense and facilitating a little bit. So that's pretty intriguing. But mostly, I think that when you see him go outside of his comfort zone, it's not going to be in a way where it's dependent on him to do so. Like anything he gives you in terms of isolation scoring, in terms of creating, is going to be gravy. Mostly he's going to be really good at what he's been really good at the last few years. And, you know, you look at his age, obviously his his health has been a bit of a question mark, but there's definitely a good chance that Otto Porter's best basketball is still in front of him. And if that's the case, the Bulls have a hell of a player that they're really going to want to keep, keep a hold on to. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, going back to some of the salary stuff that we were talking about, 
This question comes from Aristotelus at Greek Bulls fan. Shout out to my fellow Greek. Sucks that Giannis in Greek was, Greece was terrible. Uh, most people believe Otto is either overpaid or wildly overpaid, which is a view with which I disagree. If he had been a free agent, I don't know if he means, he says last summer, I believe he'd get $25 million per year. What's your take? I don't know if he means this summer or if he means last summer, but I guess, I guess he means this summer. Like, I guess if Otto Porter was paid, like this summer in this free agency, after after what he did with the Bulls, like what like do you think he'd probably get a similar deal? I feel like because his deal, I believe, was was it was that in the big 2016 offseason where he signed that four year deal, or was that in 2017? Because I feel like yeah, the Nat signed him to the original deal yeah. as a restricted free agent. Like we said, youth gets you paid, and he definitely benefited from being younger when he signed that massive offer sheet. And even at the time, I think you know the Nets thought it was an overpay but they did it yeah. because he was a restricted free agent and that was the only way to potentially get him away from Washington I totally agree that you know hypothetically if the Bulls signed Otto Porter to a two-year 50 million dollar deal that would be an amazing free agent signing right like you'd overpay yeah. an annual salary to have him for a shorter uh, contract so I don't think he's really overpaid to be totally honest now the one thing that would change that is health if he can't stay on the court, he's simply not going to be as valuable. We know the Bulls have no wing depth behind him. Already Chandler Hutchinson's hurt. So uh, that's going to be one of the bigger issues on the team this year. Something to really keep an eye on is can Otto Porter stay healthy? If he can do it, he's worth the money. I think he's proven that uh, over the last five seasons. I feel like if Otto gets hurt, like that that could be a death knell. Like as much yeah. as we want to see like Lowry and Zach uh, – play well and take their leaps like even if they do that i feel like if Otto gets hurt and they're forced to do god knows what at the small forward position like that'd be a huge problem yeah no doubt yeah uh so one of the last questions we have here is from johnny at i'm not even whatever his name's johnny uh if Otto shows he is capable of being a true second option over a whole season would you take that role from lowry since Otto is more efficient i'm assuming he means that's moving forward uh, I would probably say absolutely not. I said, I feel like we've talked about how Otto's role is like so defined. And I feel like his ceiling is kind of, I don't want to say he's definitely hit it, but he is whatever, 25, 26. He's been kind of just doing the same thing in the NBA for the last what, his last four or five years with the Wizards. I did mention he did show a little bit more in terms of creation as it with the Bulls. But even then, like even when the Bulls were playing great in February, he was the third option because Lowry and Zach were both putting up 25 a game efficiently in that February and then Otto was putting up whatever, 17, 18 a game. So I feel like ideally, on this Bulls roster right now, Otto is, is your third, whatever, quote-unquote third scorer. He's their best overall player, at least right now. We'll see it by, as the year goes on. But quote-unquote, probably your number three scoring option. Uh, we'll, 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 with, with the guys who came in, like Sadransky, he's not going to be a high-usage scoring guy. Neither is Thad. Kobe White's not going to be there yet. So you're looking at Zach is basically your number one option. Lowry is your number two, or maybe even a 1B. I don't think there's going to be any point in the next couple of years that Otto's going to be taking that from Lowry unless things really go downhill for Lowry. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I don't want to sit here and say, like, Lowry Markinen's definitely going to be on the team four years from now because in today's NBA, you'd be foolish to assume that about any player. Uh, and, you know, Markinen is going to have to seriously improve his game heading into this year, as we talked about on the last episode of this podcast. But, you know, Part of what makes Porter so appealing is that he can help guys like Lowry reach the best version of themselves. Lowry's never going to be a plus defensive player, but having another great defensive forward like Otto next to him 
really helps him out. Just giving him space on his drives when he's attacking a closeout with Otto spotting up off him is going to be, you know, monstrously beneficial. We saw how good Lowry was during a stretch last year after they acquired Otto. Uh, That was really no fluke. I mean, those two guys have symbiotic games that benefit each other. It's not about one guy replacing, uh, you know, one of them is who's the number two offensive option. I think Otto's mostly shown throughout his career that, like, he doesn't need to try to be scoring 25 points per game to be happy, uh, to be a helpful, useful player. Granted, when you're making $27 million a year, it probably makes that easier. Uh, I don't think it's a it's a case, though, of Otto looking to replace Lowry. I think it's, you know, you need all of them, especially if you're going to accomplish anything for this franchise, uh, you know, even close to the playoffs. Yeah, totally agree. This wrap up here, I guess this last, last question just comes from me. I feel like we've talked about this before, but where – would you place the trade for Otto Porter Jr. and like the the Bulls used to never make trades for guys like I'd have to like go back and actually look through like the trade history but just off the top of your head like I feel like it's got to be up there in terms of recent history in terms of actually trading for a player who is actually good like we've talked about like they traded for John Sammons or whatever back in what was that oh nine oh eight whenever whatever year that was uh just like what in the recent memory like have there been any other trades that have been like where the Bulls have actually acquired, like, a really damn good player like Otto Porter Jr.? Uh, I mean, the the trade was phenomenal. I'll let you go ahead and tackle that one, really. I, yeah, honestly, I can't, I can't really think of it. Because, again, like, the Bulls, like, never like, make at least, like, in-season moves. Uh, like, like, going back, we, we did the – we had the Salmon thing. Like, what other tra- – I mean, and then before that, like, I feel like they never really made big, like, in-season trades. Like, they've had trades – like, draft trades – I mean, you can obviously whatever talk about the Jimmy for Lowry and Zach, but like in, in terms of like in-season moves like that, I feel like it's it's just something that's been few and far between, and which was what made it like such a surprising this move. Like I feel like that we even leaving leading up to the trade, I feel like we talked about oh yeah, maybe the Bulls should go think about maybe trading Prado Porter Jr. But did anybody really think that was actually going to happen? Not really. And then the fact that it actually did was like all right, like this is surprising. I know some people were like. Well, this takes them out of free agent game, blah, 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 blah. I, I mean, I understand, like, Bulls still need probably a legit star or whatever, but they, I mean, they weren't going to sign one this summer for sure. That just wasn't going to happen. So this was basically, like, Otto Porter, trading for Otto Porter was basically their star free agent signing slash trade, and I feel like it was great. It was a pleasant surprise, and as we've mentioned here, like, it's going to be really interesting to see how he does after a full offseason, hopefully getting healthy with a full training camp. Hopefully the Bulls. Hopefully, uh, Jim Boylan says he's going to run. He said it in that. He said it in that uh, the Saturansky article. They're planning on putting in more running and getting that involved. And Porter was did really well in transition with the Bulls last year. If you look at the synergy stats, uh, I mean, just that whole offense just really took off with them out there. So hopefully, like I said, I don't want to make it be, get crazy and say like, oh, the Bulls are going to be like a top five offense like they were after they traded for Adam Porter Jr. It was a small sample size. They got they had like three or four players get extremely hot, but. I mean, I think it should, it should be reasonable to expect the Bulls to maybe be at least a top half of the league offense. Like, that's not crazy, right? Uh, I mean, that would be awesome. If they're a top half of the league offense, I think that definitely they're going to be in the playoff mix. Uh, you hope Porter gets it back defensively a little bit, and that Boylan, yeah. who was a defensive-oriented right. assistant uh, before he took over as head coach, that he's able to, you know, get the defense cooking. But, you know, just think, Jason, about how much worse shape the Bulls could have been in if they would have done the KCP trade, if they would have signed Darren Collison instead of Sado, uh, it, it could have been a lot bleaker for the Bulls than it currently is. Like right now, 
me and you who are probably known uh, throughout the Bulls discourse as two of the most negative people out there, even we're praising them and saying, hey, you know, the Bulls got a little bit of good momentum going. Let's keep building off of it. Uh, it was all really fragile, though. Bobby Portis could have accepted his extension and that could yes. have squashed the trade. Uh, you know, they could have done the KCP move instead if he would have accepted it. So there were a lot of different ways in which this could have fell apart. The most promising reason uh, to have optimism for the Bulls right now is because they actually made some smart moves starting with the Porter trade. Yeah, I'm, you mentioned Portis. I was actually going to bring that up. Like, what, if they don't make the Porter trade, like, do they do they re-sign Bobby? Do they let him walk and restrict for agency? Like, I'm really curious. The last stuff could have gone different. I'm glad with the direction they took getting a legitimate player like Porter uh, and moving away from Parker. And Bobby Bobby became a solid player, but I feel like he's more of a bench guy. So they, they'll get a legitimate starter like that. was definitely the beginning, I feel like, of the direct, things trending back up. So we will hopefully, hopefully things go really well for Otto Porter Jr. and the Bulls. Uh, we It was announced today that Bulls uh, media day is going to be September 30th and training camp will start the next day on October 1st. So we only got a couple weeks left until – that's all starting up. We got we have a couple more pods to do uh, in this little this little series we're doing. We'll be doing, I think we still have to decide whether we're doing Wendell or Zach next week. It'll be but those are the two guys remaining. We'll we'll do pods dedicated to those two guys. Uh, but that's all for Otto Porter Jr. You got anything else left on Otto, Ricky? No, that's about it, Jace. Awesome. So as always, please check out Blue Wire Pods. We've been doing a lot of stuff, uh, and also we we're also doing some stuff with NBA 2K. Tease that a little bit. We'll be doing a special. A quick special cash considerations NBA 2K pod. So we'll be teasing that right now. We'll be doing that later in this week, hopefully. Uh, and again, check out Blue Wire Pods on Twitter at Blue Wire Pods. Go check out all the stuff around the network. We continue adding great new pods every week. And for us, cash considerations, please, as always, rate and review us uh, at Google or Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all those places. Please let us know how we're doing, how we can get better, and all that fun stuff. So, uh, for, for this week, Cast Considerations, Chicago Bulls Podcast. This has been Jason and Ricky. Take it easy, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.